want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at faderoutednz. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us in crowd. Welcome to this week's episode of The Fade Route with DNZ. I am D. Got a good show for you tonight. The national championship game is set. The Dolphins continue to play without Tua. And we debate which athlete had the best 2022. But we begin today's show with the injury to DeMar Hamlin. Cornerback on the Buffalo Bills collapsed on Monday night after tackling T. Higgins. He remains in critical condition in the hospital. You know, Z, what are your thoughts and feelings on the tragedy that took place? And, you know, where do we go from here? Well, first and foremost, our thoughts and prayers go out to DeMar Hamlin and his family, the Buffalo Bills organization, the players, the Cincinnati Bengals organization, the players, the coaches. You know, it's a fraternity, right? The NFL is a fraternity. And they watched their brother lay unconscious for 19 minutes, receiving medical attention. Nine minutes of CPR. So it's a traumatic moment for everybody involved. And we hope and pray that DeMar Hamlin survives, that he is healthy, and he comes out of this in, you know, in one piece. And it's a, it's a shocking, it's a frightening, it's an all-around, the word jarring was used multiple times by Adam Schefter and other ESPN reporters and jarring is exactly the right word. The expectation going into this when you sit down on your couch or when you sit down in the stadium or when you suit up is that you're going to play a game, you're going to watch a game, there may be some minor injuries, some bumps and bruises, and at the end of the day one team will win and one team will lose. It's a it's an escape. Sports is meant to be an escape from reality. It's a, an escape from our daily lives. And to be faced with life and death. Like I mentioned Hank Gathers, multiple people have mentioned Hank Gathers, Reggie Brown, uh multiple instances in hockey whether it's Richard Zegnick getting his throat slit by a skate an errant skate you get an intersection of life and death in that moment 
and that is not you know it's not expected so it you know your escape is met with a crush of reality and it knocks you for a loop you know like multiple people multiple reporters myself I don't know about you D we haven't we didn't discuss your sleeping pattern but like I was up for hours afterwards just scrolling Twitter staying you know glued to ESPN hoping for an update and it finally came you know he's he's still in critical condition but he is you know he's taking more oxygen he's only at 50% oxygen instead of 100% oxygen usage and you know it is a dose of reality and i would just like to i would just like to to praise the fans for being respectful i i want to praise the fans for you know being human you know we're very tribalized in our sports we're very tribalized in this world and everybody showed up for this guy everybody showed up for Demar Hamlin whether it's the donations to his charity and if you want to donate to his charity the Chasing Ms Foundation please do so they've raised over 6 million dollars and it's a very worthwhile cause i highly recommend that you do uh i will be even if it's just a little bit i mean i i will be donating something the show, um the show will the, the show will the show will <laughs> that's fair that's fair we'll go hapsies but um you know it, there was a, there's a humanity there and the humanity showed up just when you think we're at our farthest apart we're back together again and like we're united on one common purpose however it is unfortunate that this is the this this is the event that brought us together because it un, it's an unfortunate situation for this kid I and mean, he's 24 he's a kid and you know we just hope and pray that he's going to be okay and that's not even you know not even thinking about when he can resume and if he can resume his career we just want to make sure this kid's okay and that he survives yeah i mean i watched it in live time and you were the first person you know i kind of messaged it just had a different feel didn't look right you know and it was a clean tackle i mean it was it wasn't like he was coming in like a missile it wasn't anything crazy nothing special the tackle tackle is probably made 100,000 times gets up and just falls right back down um uh you know yeah just just want him to recover just want him to be okay get some type of normalcy of life back you know reports say that he died twice on the field like he died on the impact and then they brought him back with nine minutes of cpr 
and then he died again and they brought him back with the paddles they got a pulse and they got him out of there and and brought him to the hospital um I think it just and goes. His mom, man, his mom was in the stadium. Wow, mom's there, man. T oh. Higgins, T Higgins feels terrible about it. T Higgins feels like he killed him. You know, everybody's reeling from it. Um, you know, I just uh, it just puts things in perspective. You know, like this isn't this is a game. It's not as serious. You know, it just, it kind of made me want to reach out to people and just tell them I love them. You never know. Tomorrow's not promised to anybody. And your life can change in a blink of an eye. Like, he didn't go into that game thinking this was going to happen. And I'm sure he still doesn't even really know what happened. Um, and, you know, life is precious. And, you know, it just, the, the kid can't play the game. It's just like, just don't. Don't let the Bengals and the Bills play each other. You know, I, I, you know, they're talking about maybe playing this after next week, and it's just like, guys, just, just cancel the game. Do the seeding based on percentages. That's what you were gonna do during the COVID season. If so, if you had to cancel games, it was gonna go by percentages. Cancel this game. There's no reason. Do not, do not make the Buffalo Bills go back to Cincinnati, Ohio, to play a football game in that stadium do not make that team do that all for seating and you know i read something else where they were gonna like you know randomly take a team randomly take a game that the kansas city chiefs played and make it not count and then set and then set it up from setting up this weekend for to be the end all be all it's like that's not right don't be punishing the chiefs like you know, and, and I think I think having both teams tie is just disrespectful to to the man. If anything, the Bengals, I've I've heard the Bengals are willing to give Buffalo the win. Just here, take the win. Whatever. It's not that serious. And you know, if, if the Bengals should happen to have to play the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs in the AFC championship game or whatever, do not let them play this game in Cleveland, Ohio. And do not schedule the Bills to play Cincinnati for like the next 10 years like i don't think anybody i don't think any of those players want to relive any of that and as macho as some of these guys are they're human they're human there's a human element there and it came out it came out on on the field because you could tell you know despite what reports are saying like you know they were told okay five minutes you know warm up and we're gonna you guys are gonna play and zach taylor's like nah man no, he walked across the field and he's talking to McDermott. McDermott's like, I need to go to the hospital. I can't be here right now. We're going in the locker room. He told his team, let's go in the locker room. We're going in the locker room. And the officials didn't know what to do. You know, and it's, and, and granted, I'll give the NFL a little bit of, I'll give them a little bit of a pass because this has never happened before. So not everybody was prepared to how to handle it. So I'll give everybody a pass on that. But I think... And I, I have a feeling if the NFL does make them play this game, resume it, I'm I'm going to bet everything I own that the, the stars of the game are not going to play. Like Burrow, Allen, Diggs, they're, they're not going to play. They can't. He can't play the game. No, it's a traumatic experience, and you're making them relive it. Yeah. So I, I think that... No, I, I mean, I'd be fine with a tie. I understand where you're coming from. It would be disrespectful. Yeah. Don't just make it count. With, just don't make with, it count. 
go with division record if it's a tiebreaker. Go with division record. Go with points scored. Go figure figure out what. No, like I, I like I said, just do winning percentages. That was the plan during COVID. It's winning percentages, and it works out that way. I just you can't you can't make these guys you can't make them play each other. You can't. You just can't do it. And you know what? I hate to say this, Z, but I think Buffalo is done. I think Cincinnati's even done. I don't think this is a lasting effect. You know, football is a very emotional game. It's a very high intense game. You know, if, if you I think if you I think if you talk to other people around the league, it was business as usual on Tuesday and Wednesday. It's like, yeah, this happened, but it didn't happen to our team. They probably discussed it, but it was business as usual. I don't think the Bengals or the Bills are going to be able to get amplified enough to go beat a Kansas City Chiefs team. To even maybe even go into Baltimore and win a game. Like, they're just not, I don't think they're going to be able to do that. I mean, the wind is out of their sails, for sure. And yeah. understandably so. Right? Unless, just... unless, he, unless he gets functioning again, where he's like, okay, out of the clear, out of the hospital. I think that would make everybody feel better about the situation. Like, okay, he's going to be okay. The unknown is still what's, I think, terrifying to everybody. Because everybody's looking, like, everybody on the Bengals and the Bills, because everybody's looking at this and saying, man, that could have been me. That could be me today. That could be me tomorrow. That's my brother. That's, you know, that's, that's my roommate. Or, you know, you know, things like that. So, I... Uh, it's 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 terrible, I, I and and that's and that's what I'm thinking most about is the guy, the man. Yeah. Don't give a shit about you know seating and all this other nonsense. Yeah. All that stuff matters, and and, and and by playing the game, you're saying it does. You are you are absolutely saying that, and you know we'll get to a few guys that made it about the game more than the person when we talk about alleged superstar. But, um, you know, there was a little bit of disinformation or misinformation regarding, you know, the five minutes to warm up and get back out there, show must go on kind of thing. Now, I posted this on our Twitter account at DNZ. I posted that it reminded me, and you'll remember this, 1999, May 23rd, 1999. Owen Hart when he fell from the rafters at Kemper oh, Center. Yeah. At Kemper and, Arena. And they like, fin- they they finished the event. They finished over the edge. WWF over the edge. His head exploded when it hit the turnbuckle. His neck broke and the show went on. His blood and, was in the ring, all over the ring. Yeah. And the show went on. A few years later, in Montreal, Jerry Lawler had a heart attack in the ring. Now they learn the show went on. The show continued to go on again. Like you can't have that. So it it felt very similar in those situations. Yeah. The the result, however, was different because we had people who had the courage of conviction to say this is wrong. You know. Yeah. Like, Sean McDermott, Zach Taylor. They, they were not about it. The players weren't about it. No. 
and no. they, you know, the show was not going to go They're on not, no that way. night. No way. And I don't think Roger Goodell, I don't think Roger Goodell is that callous. I think that the delay, you know, the speculation is that, you know, the delay was trying to get them back onto the field and try to, no. At that point, you're trying to, because there are no protocols in place, you're trying to solve this on the fly. What are my contingency plans? What am I going to do? How am I going to how am I going to get out of this situation with no with any uh, recourse? You know, how how am I going to avoid any additional recourse? So I don't begrudge the NFL for taking the time they did to put things together. Like I can't do that because there's no playbook. No. Maybe there will be moving forward. Yeah. I, yeah. I think. And there should be, right? There should be. And it shouldn't be just a guy suffering a cardiac event. I mean, what was it? The, the, the guy from the Jets was paralyzed, bird. You know, think, you know, you, you get, there's this whole next man up mentality. And this whole, the show must go on. It's barbaric. It's ancient. And we need to change it. It's time for the fade-in where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week. Sticking to football. And by the way, just to soften things up a little bit, this is the first time since Thanksgiving I'm not going to cough through this entire (laughs) podcast. And I don't think Z's going to cough either. It's been a really rough six weeks for both of us. I think he was sick. Everyone in my house was sick. But finally... You know, I'm sounding like a normal human being. I'm not congested. I'm not. I'm not gonna be yakking off in everybody's ears. So, uh, <laughs> thanks for sticking with us through all that. But sticking to football, the Miami Dolphins lost the New England Patriots on Sunday, 23-21, and Tua was unable to play in the game because he still hasn't cleared concussion protocol. He's not gonna play in the finale against the Jets this weekend. Another great franchise. Can the Dolphins win without Tua, and does Tua have a future in Miami? Well, can they win without Tua? That is that is the question. Um, they have the horses, right? You have Mostert, you have Wilson, you have Tyreek Hill. You can get creative with Tyreek Hill. You can get creative. You know, since this genius head coach, right? Because we're slapping the genius label on him. Is he uh, Sean McVay Jr.? Sean McVay with a beard? Is I don't know. They, they've lost five games in a row. Yeah. They've lost so, as many games in a row as the Jets have. You know, I'm going... Wise man once said, and that wise man was Goose from Top Gun. Come on, Mav. Do some of that pirate sh- pilot shit. So Mike McDaniel needs to do some of that coaching shit. Like if he's if he's the guy that they asked for, if he's the guy that he claimed to be in that job interview, then he needs to figure out how to turn Skylar Thompson into Joe fucking Montana. Yeah, it's a tough ask. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Teddy Bridgewater hasn't played better, but to give Teddy a break, like Teddy would, Teddy was actually playing okay, 
not great, but okay. And then he dislocated his pinky, and then, and then he was done. So, um, you know, they just they just seem to lose games. I mean, listen, they've got two of their receivers are the top five in yards receiving this year. Like they've got a running back. They've got two running backs that run the ball well. Their defense seems to be solid. I mean, just. You know, this last, this just, just this concussion thing has me really worried about Tua and his future. And I just, you know, I think they need to explore their options in this offseason. Um, this draft is quarterback studded, right? Mm-hmm. And there are some really good free agent quarterbacks hitting the market. And, you know, you bring a guy in and you tell him, you give him the Joe Montana talk, right? You give him the Steve Young talk. I don't know if I don't know how many games this guy's gonna be able to play. You know, he's got a head issue, it's neurological. You know, I need you to be ready. You know, this this could potentially be your team in three games, right? So I think you could give that talk to a, a Mike White. You could give that talk to a Geno Smith. Why wouldn't Geno Smith want to be playing with Tyree Kill and Jalen Jalen Waddle? Marcus Mariota is an easy guy. Derek Carr is going to be an easy guy, and you know that. And let's not forget about the Tom Brady factor. That's easy. That's an easy sell, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, do I think two is the guy? I'm starting to think he's not. I'm starting to think this concussion thing is going to be a problem. And uh, can they win without two? It doesn't look like they can. And so, in that situation. You're going to have to bring in a guy you can win with. Well, this weekend, unless Teddy is going to splint it up and play. Right? We talk, no, we were no just talking Teddy's about, out. Teddy's out. Yeah. So that leaves you with Skylar Thompson and Mike Glennon. Yes, that's what they're doing. That's what they're going with. That's what so, they've been reduced to. That means that if I'm Mike McDaniel, I'm putting the work in the lab. And I'm figuring out ways like I should have been. Like, why were they so successful early on in the year? They were figuring out ways to get their players involved. Right? It wasn't just to a it well, was just super, to a dropping back the pass. No, they were super explosive. Um, but the, but but there wasn't much of a tape on it, right? Now now teams got the tape now, right? It's like they, they've got an idea of what we need to do to keep this team in check, you know? Right. So but at think, the same time, you got to figure out, you have to adjust. Everything, that, professional absolutely. sports is all about adjustments. They absolutely. adjust to you, you adjust back to them. Right. And, you know, they're drawn, they're, they draw the Jets this weekend. This was the a Jets bad team. loss, but this was a bad loss to, to a, a Patriot team. Like, you, you had to beat the Patriots, and they, and they literally, like, lost, I believe I believe they lost the game in the fourth quarter. I'm pretty sure Teddy went out, and then that's when Mac Jones came downfield, scored, and they just weren't able to get it going again. The, the Jets, the Jets are just God. Can I read you some stats on the Jets? Please can I do. Read you, can I read you some stuff that I I cooked up in the lab? So they have they've also lost five in a row, mm-hmm. um, and they're averaging 12 points a game. They haven't scored a touchdown in their last two games. Uh, And this is the seventh straight season where they're having a losing record. 
And this is the 12th straight season that they're not making the playoffs, which is the longest playoff drought in New York Jets history. How do you like that? And this is after Salah's coached the team for two years, three years. He can't put it all on Salah. It was broken before he got there. It was Gase. It was Bowles. Take how it back about, how about wait? How about the revenge of Adam Gase? Let's <laughs> let's remember that he won his last two games as a Jet coach, which made them lose the number one pick and get the second pick in the draft. How about that shit? Oh my god. <laughs> How about that shit? Adam Gase fucked him again. How'd he do it? He did it. That's the difference between Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. I was watching some tape on Zach Wilson um, earlier today. And, uh, you know, you can see why teams fell in love with what he could do. He definitely has arm talent. He's definitely an athlete, and he's able to sling the ball in in very, very uh, weird arm angles, okay? The problem with Zach Wilson, though, is, is that he needed a coach to teach him how to be a professional quarterback. He didn't get that from Matt LaFleur's brother. Because if you watch the tape, you can see where he's late with his reads, late with delivery, on the RPOs, waiting too long to deliver the ball, or on the RPOs, making the wrong read, but being athletic enough to escape middle-of-the-road talent in college, where in the NFL, you're not escaping a a linebacker who runs a 4-5. Like, he's going to get you and bring you down. And, you know, you can't afford to be late in the NFL with your read. You've got to throw the ball before your guy breaks. You can't see him open and then deliver the bat, the, the football. So these are the and, – and so, like you were saying, you're giving Joe Douglas a slide. I, too, am easing off of Joe Douglas a little bit because what I think – what I think they saw was they saw the talent – they acknowledged his errors, and they believed that Matt Lafleur's brother could could fix it. And that's and that's the only issue that I have is is that you put too much faith in a guy that's never done this before. It's not like you said, okay, Doug Peterson's our head coach; he'll be able to he'll be able to fix this problem, right? No, yeah. no, you brought in somebody who'd never done this before, and you're. And, and the other thing I don't like is that the Jets' offense isn't anything like what he did in college. They don't do the RPO. He doesn't roll out. They There's nothing like what he – there's nothing like what he did at the Combine, like just like Coach Westhoff was telling us. There's nothing that he did great at the Combine that they've intricate – you know, they've facilitated or put into their offense, you know. So – and then – the New York media, oh God, oh you know this is all because they lost Vera Tucker and Brees Hall. Shut up! Don't come at me with that nonsense. This is because they're inept. They're inept. That's why. And you bring over the kid from Jacksonville, who's just been sitting on the bench for the last five games, watching them lose. Tell me he can't help them lose? Come on, man. Come on. No. 
And James Robinson turns out to be a wasted pick or wasted trade, you know, because he didn't do enough on the team. So he's not gonna Jacksonville's not gonna reap the benefit of that trade. They're gonna win their division. They are. Yes, they are. And James Robinson is watching Bam Knight play. Now yeah. credit, you know, Bam Knight's not bad. He's a pretty good player. Z, Z, they're they're awful this weekend. The run game, there is no run game because they can't block for anybody. How many times this weekend did you see the running back get hit in the backfield? Like and you're, get, you're telling me that that's not a Vera Tucker thing. You're telling me that's not. He's one guy, and they're trying to make him out like he's one of the best tackles in the league. He's okay. He's average at best. You know, when he was healthy, and when Brees Hall was healthy, their running game was good. It was you, explosive. You can't compare Brees Hall to this to a guy who went undrafted. Like you, you, a- you absolutely can. It's because you can compare statistics, you can compare game, right? But that's like saying you can't compare a first-round draft pick with Brock Purdy. They play the same position, they play the same games. Doesn't matter. Tony Brock Romo Purdy. was undrafted. Kurt Warner was undrafted. Like these things happen. You find diamonds in the rough. That's up to guys like Joe Douglas, and. He needs to look himself in the mirror and say, we messed up on this Yes, kid. yes, right. And they're not. They're not. They're staying behind him. They're saying, hell or high water, he's going to be here. It's like, guys, I, I, nobody, I don't know. You know, maybe maybe the Dolphins would take him. Maybe, you know, <laughs> it, maybe. I don't know. But Wait, hang uh, on. Wait, well, no, one yeah. more thing. We're gonna, before we get off of this, before yeah. we get off of this, we're going to talk yeah. about Dolphins-Jets just for a little while longer because they left the Patriots alive. The Patriots still breathing. The well, Patriots the, are still in the goddamn playoff hunt. But aren't the then the Patriots are the Patriots are going? Aren't they? They're not in. It's not locked up. Oh, what do they need to happen? Oh, they need Miami so to they lose. They need to win this out. Weekend? They oh, need they to win out. Win. And Miami needs to lose. Oh, they're got, so. they're playing Buffalo. I think in Buffalo this weekend. The yeah. Patriots. <laughs> so the New England Patriots. I would like to welcome the New England Patriots to the playoff. Like you guys think, you guys think you got them, but you never do. And Bill, we we've been dragging Coach Belichick all year. We've been dragging Matt Patricia all year. We've been dragging Joe Judge all year. Mac Jones, dirty ass Mac Jones, all year. And they still manage to survive and make the playoffs. Well, the one thing we've said though is we've we they play defense. Yeah. We've, t- we've said we've said that the whole season that they play defense. Something the Jets like the Jets numbers are so like fraudulent. You know they look good on paper, but man, they give up gashers. Like they gave up a gasher to the Lions that fifty-yard touchdown. They give up big plays in big moments. You know they don't close. Um, you know that's one misconception about that Jet defense. That Jet defense, they need a linebacker. Mobley ain't getting it done. Um, and I think they need some secondary help. I think they need safeties. You know they got a corner. They got a shutdown corner. We were wrong about Gardner. He's still he's legit. But that. You know, I've never been I've never been of the camp where, oh, I need a lockdown corner and my defense is great. 
I've never been of that camp. I'd rather be, I'd rather force an offense to spread it around than just think one side of the field is completely locked down and I'm going to worry about it for the whole game. I don't know. That's just me. Maybe that's the offensive person in me. It's unnecessary. You know, you had in Denver, you had the no fly zone, right? You had Akeem Tlaib, you had, you know, you had multiple players. I'd rather have a well developed secondary entirely. I'd rather have the Legion of Boom. Yeah. Legion of Boom, man, they hit. Was Richard Sherman a great corner? No, but he was physical as fuck. He was physical. Cam Chancellor was a missile. And Earl Thomas. And Earl Thomas. Yeah, was a ball hawk. Uh-huh. You know, those guys, yeah, that, that secondary was legit. And yeah, you stood away from Sherman, but that didn't mean that you could just do whatever you wanted everywhere else. You had to run the ball on them. You, you had to do other things. Like, I've just never been of the mindset of like, oh, great, I got locked down corner. This side of the field is not have to worry about it. No, I mean, one player doesn't. I mean, it's 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 nice to have, but it's not make or break on your defense. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads, Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto, we really care about what's under your hood. Come on, you know you're you're ex- you know you're excited. Let's talk about college football. <laughs> the championship is set. Georgia topped OSU in the last seconds, and TCU dropped Michigan to set up an interesting finale. I mean, let's just skip the semantics. Like, who you got? Games, I think Monday or Tuesday. I gotta go with Georgia. You know, yeah. yes, the stats. Like offensively, they're pretty close. You know, TCU is averaging about a point and a half more per game. Georgia's allowing 13 points a game, average, average of 13. Now, not on New Year's Eve. Not on New Year's Eve. (laughs) Not this year. No. And targeting was that not targeting. You know, yeah, really, there was some it, controversial it, stuff. There was some yeah. controversial stuff there, and you know, Ohio State kickers just got awful. So you know, it's gonna be evenly matched up. I gotta go with the playoff experience, the pelt on the wall. Georgia is, Georgia is the class of college football right now. TCU is a great story. They did what the other underdogs could not do. They went toe-to-toe with the power, and they won. And we're going to get to Michigan in a second. We're going to get we're going to get to some questionable decision-making by Coach Harbaugh. Coach Cactus. But, and, well, maybe Coach Panther, if you believe the report, soon enough. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's narrow. It's a coin flip, especially at this point in the year. You think it's they're, a coin? They're, you, you got it as a coin flip. I do. When you when you put up as many points and there's no defense to be found on either, in either game, at this point, it, it really comes down to a pick'em. It really does come down to a pick'em. Georgia has more NFL talent, NFL caliber talent. They're the ones ready to go. I mean, Stetson Bennett. Uh, we'll see. Twenty-three touchdowns, seven picks. 
Max Duggan, Hacksaw Max Duggan's right there, 32 and 6. Looking like Andrew Dalton out there. Well, let's not go that let's not go crazy here. I mean, just because he's a red rifle, but you know. So but um, I, it's I, narrow. I'm, yeah, I mean I'm I'm actually slightly inclined to watch this game. I'm really I'm I'm, I'm interested. You know, I mean the story, the, the best story would be TCU beating Georgia, right? The defending champs for the national title. That would be epic, right? I yeah. mean, each of the games on New Year's Eve, they were high scoring. But, I mean, that happened. They, 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 these teams haven't played football in over a month. Like, you know, they, they nobody's nobody's really seen each other. No, no, one was, no one's really ready. I mean, that's the only thing is, like, there's... The games were exciting on New Year's Eve. There was a lot of back and forth. There was a lot of bone coverages. And it was running wide open down the field. Um, but there's no defense. You know, you, I want to see some defense in the game. Um, like, I hope I hope this weekend is, I mean, I hope this national championship game is going to be like Georgia against, I mean, is it going to be like Alabama against Notre Dame? That was awful. Or that year when Oregon took the ass with him. You know, we witnessed a few years ago. So, uh, I hope it's a competitive game. I'd like to see TCU win. Um, but it's like you said, I mean, George is the defending champion. Their coach has been here before. These players have been here before. Much more NFL talent. Uh, I just hope it's a game. I hope it's not. I hope it's not a blowout. Exactly. At this point in time, if they played in the if they stayed in the rhythm of the season, this might be a different story. If it was within the rhythm of the season, this may very well be Michigan Ohio State. We we don't know, but because of the the amount of time yeah. that was taken off, you got you got healthy, you got whole, you got a lot of time to practice, and you had a lot of time to practice for a specific opponent. It's not like the NFL where it's like, okay, uh, I played the Patriots this week. I advanced the next round of the playoffs. Fuck, I got the Chiefs. I had a month to prepare for this game. It's not like yeah. a bye week where it's just like, I'm off. Right. And I'm like, okay, I'm right back at it. Right. So now it gets back into a, nor- a normal rhythm. And when you're looking at games in normal rhythm, Georgia's defense... Like, yeah, they gave up 30 in the SEC title game. But before that, they beat Georgia Tech 37-14. They beat Kentucky 16-6. They beat Mississippi State 45-19. So they held their opponents under 20 points. LSU was an outlier. And then this game was an outlier. I'm more inclined to believe what I saw. And then if you look at prior results prior to the Michigan game, TCU gave up 28, 14, 28, and 10. So still, it's not 45. Yeah. <laughs> it's not 41. Right. So I'm more inclined to believe that we're going to see that performance, this go-round. Just from the standpoint of, you know, they everything that they planned for, now they don't have the month planned for. And as far as as far as your pick to click, who is the guy? Who is the guy that's going to shine brightest in this national title game? I, I think it's I think it's Stetson, man. I mean, 
I just feel like he... I, I, I don't want to say he's Tom Brady. That's not the right... That's not the... That's not the right comparison. But he, he's got that... That kind of like... Not chip on his shoulder, but the like... um Everything's okay kind of attitude. And, you know, he's been here before. He's done it before. I don't... I, I trust him with the ball. I don't think he's going to turn it over. He makes the right play. He makes the right read. He's throwing to top of the top of the country talent. Um, and I think it's him. It all it, to me it starts and ends with him. He'll dictate the pace of the game for the Bulldogs. With TCU, it's really I, I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna play against that Georgia defense. I know what's happened the last couple of games, but at the end of the day, Kirby Smart is a defensive guy, man. Um, I'm sure he's going to be putting the Horn Frogs in a position that they're not ready for. Like, who are you? Who do you have your eyes on here? I'm looking at Kenny McIntosh, also of Georgia, you know? Yeah. TCU averages 150 yards allowed on the ground. Georgia allows 77. No. So... 10 touchdowns on the season, only 779 yards, but, you know, he's only has 142 carries. That's pretty good. So, I think if you're going to, if you're going to try and control the game, as Georgia's want to do, I think that you put it in the hands of Kenny McIntosh, and you just let him dictate the pace and play off of that. Justin Bennett will put up his numbers. He'll get hit. But I think that McIntosh is going to be the bell cow that you need him to be. And I think it's going to be close. It's definitely going to be close. I hope but, so. I hope so. You know, for, for rooting interest, for rooting interest, I would definitely prefer it be a close one. But... You know, we mentioned, we referred to the TCU Michigan affair where the Horn Frogs beat the Wolverines 51 to 45. More like a basketball score than a football score. But the loss by Michigan has raised questions about Coach Jim Harbaugh's prowess in the coaching ranks. Rumor has it that he has been contacted by David Tepper and he may take a meeting regarding the Carolina Panthers coaching job. So is there any chance he actually returns to the NFL or uh, is he just trying to drive the price up on Michigan again? Yeah, you know, I don't think he will leave Michigan, but he should. He, right? He should. I mean, come on. This team was prime. This was the best. This is the best he had done it, uh, for Michigan. Um, but I did write down two teams that I thought would be a good fit for him if he were to dabble back in the NFL. And those two teams... Not one of them is Carolina, believe it or not. Um, so the 
the gaff <laughs> would be if he went to the Jets. Oh, God. Well, hey, if you're so vested in Zach Wilson, bring in a guy who knows how to coach offense. Look what he did with Colin Kaepernick. A kid who played, I think, for Vegas? Pretty sure he played, that was the college he went to? No. Nevada. 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 A kid who played for Nevada. Wow. Like, come on. You don't think Harbaugh could help make Zach Wilson better? You need someone who can coach offense to make the dude better. Um, and then, you know, the team that I, you know, I think should seriously, you know, consider, you know, taking on his services is the Denver Broncos. It's the Denver Broncos. You got to bring in someone that's going to fix Russell Wilson. You're not getting rid of Russell Wilson. He's there. I think I think Harbaugh could come in there, bring in an, a, a good offense that will play to Wilson's strengths and the people around him and the players around him. They have a good team. They've got good receivers. they got a good running back. I think Harbaugh would be good in, in Denver. He might butt heads with Elway, though. I doubt that marriage would work, but that's the way I see it. Jim Harbaugh... <clears throat> Jim Harbaugh is going to wear out his welcome wherever he goes. That's what he does. He runs you into the ground. There's a reason why he's still not in San Francisco. There's a reason why he and Bulky are no longer together. They pretty much ran that. They ran their course together. Bulky's in Jacksonville. Bulky's in Jacksonville and he's rebuilding. He's rebuilding. Kyle Shanahan pretty much stepped right in to what Coach Harbaugh left, didn't really uh, miss a beat there. But at the NFL, I'm looking at Denver. I'm looking at Denver. That's that's fair. I'm looking at anywhere that is going to pass on trading for Sean Payton because New Orleans still owns his rights. You're going to have to give up cash. You're going to give up draft picks. You may have to give up player, but you want Sean Payton, you're going to have to pay a premium. Michigan, I think it's only it's a few million dollars as his buyout. So it's more feasible to go after a guy like Harbaugh. Now, I don't necessarily like Carolina moving on from Steve Wilk so quickly considering what they did and how they were able to recover. I feel like that is, it's very Rich Passaccia-esque. Thank you, you did so well, get the fuck out. Like, I, I, I don't like that. Um, the Indianapolis Colts. That makes a ton of sense for me. He was a Colt. Ursay knows Jim Harbaugh. Probably the reason why he won't bring him back. Is a nose Jim Harbaugh. If he becomes available and Lovey Smith decides that these wholesale changes that the owner wants to make to his staff, if that's too rich for his blood and Lovey decides to leave, 
Would Jim Harbaugh take the Houston Texans job? Maybe. Especially if he's got the number one pick coming his way. I could see that. I could definitely see that. Denver makes the most sense because they're the most desperate. They are absolutely the most desperate right now. And it's a splash move, right? The owner of the Walton family, they made a splash move when they got Russell Wilson. They're not shying away from the big splash. And I don't know if it will fix Russell Wilson, but it will definitely wash out the taste of Nathaniel Hackett, which is what they may want to do. At the end of the day, I don't know. Like None of these jobs compare to the Minnesota job that he interviewed for last year. The Minnesota job was much better than any of these positions. That team was pretty much turnkey when Mike Zimmer left. And Kevin O'Connell, he turned the key. Like, that is the position, you know, Jim Harbaugh would have had the most success in because it's most ready-made. I, I don't know if he's willing to do the work. I don't know if he's willing to do that long-term because he's he's burned everywhere he's gone. He's burned out in a very short time. He's flamed out in a very short time. But if we're going to rank him, and this is, again, based on what's available, we haven't even gotten to Black Monday yet. New Orleans could be available. Vegas could be available. Uh, Atlanta may be available. We got to see. We definitely have to see. But as of right now, the most attractive job, in my opinion, would be Denver. We've been looking back on 2022, the year that was, as we've been getting ready for 2023, the year that is and will be. And it had us thinking, kind of putting a, a bookend, putting a cap on 2022. Who would be your athlete of the year for the year of 2022, Dave? Uh, who, who do you have? Well, for starters, Aaron Judge comes to mind. Fair yeah. nominee. Yeah. You know, sets the American League home run record. MVP. Solid player. Newly minted. Very well paid now. Lionel Messi finally gets his World Cup. Like, ascends to the level of greatness of the likes of Pelé. Finally got what he was chasing the entire time. Um... In basketball, I would say Steph Curry had a good 2022 for his for making it back to the mountaintop with the Warriors after a few years of being injury rattled and being unable to get back to the the echelon, the standard that was the Golden State Warriors. Hockey, Connor McDavid had a great year, but, you know, he is, 
he's well on his way to being the gold standard of the modern hockey era, the current hockey era. Right? I'm not going to say, I'm not going to invoke the name that we're thinking of right now. I'm not going to say his name because no one's there yet. But in terms of modern hockey, Connor McDavid is legit. Connor McDavid is absolutely legit. But of those, of those nominees, I would have to say, because soccer, football, is such a, a trans, a transcendental game that it's universal, it's global. Lionel Messi would narrowly edge out Aaron Judge, in my opinion. Yeah, I think those are the two top guys I had too. Um, Messi because I mean this was it for him, right? This was the the last piece he needed to cap a tremendous career. It was the only thing missing from his display case, the only thing missing from his resume, and he captured it in such amazing fashion against the defending World Cup champions. And they came back and tied the game. He put them over the edge, and they tied the game again into overtime, penalty kicks. And, you know, he, he helps his team win. And then, you know, the runner-up was is Aaron Judge. I mean, he bet on himself. He didn't sign the, you know, the contract in the offseason. He broke the American League record um, for home runs in a season. He was the best player on his team. He won the MVP award. He single-handedly carried them, you know, all season. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for Messi, it would be Aaron Judge. I agree. And, I mean, you have a lot of great options out there. You know, Kylian Mbappe, another great choice out of the World Cup, if not for Lionel Messi. Possibly, potentially, back-to-back World Cup winner. Golden Katie, Katie Ledecky had a decent year. Too. Le, Ledecky had a good year in the pool. Yeah. Like Katie Ledecky's always she, a she good thinks choice. She set like two or three new world records. Um, you know, and she's she continues to just dominate. She had a good season. Steph Curry, yeah, Steph Curry was a good one. I mean, he won the championship. They came back. They were, you know, they were a terrible team, and they finally, you know, rose back from the ashes. It's not a, it's not a, he wouldn't be a bad choice. That he, he hasn't done anything that we haven't seen already. You know what I mean? No, I mean that's, but that's also speaking to his standard of play. His standard of excellence was such that it's ho hum. You know what he did is considered ho hum. But based on what we saw, I would say that it, it's a safe bet. Like both Messi and Judge would be safe bets in that regard. I mean, you have plenty of plenty of overrated athletes in 2022. <laughs> you, you know, you have definitely plenty of superstars. <laughs> I wasn't gonna cough. Ah, I I did it. I made it happen. I made it happen. But you know, these guys definitely lived up to the hype. Shohei Otani lived up to the hype, but. In terms of like grander stage and grander achievement, 
I gotta go with those two. I definitely yeah. need to, I, and you know, this is something that Lionel Messi can hold on to for the rest of his life, and it's not going to be eclipsed by somebody else. Somebody can turn around, you know, newly, uh, newly signed, newly extended Rafael Devers can go and hit 63 next year for the Red Sox and break Aaron Judge's record. So that's just how sports work. But for something like the World Cup, nobody's coming and taking that mantle. You're just, you're just on the mantle with the rest of the legends. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. More or less? All right, boys and girls, here's how it goes. We have a statement, and it's either more likely or less likely that it'll happen. More or less, number one, Zion Williamson will return to his MVP form this season. Less likely. Uh, It's unfortunate. He's having a really good season. This is everything they've wanted him to be. He's a beast. He's He's on another level. But man, hamstring injuries linger. And he's a big dude. He's going to have to... They saying, they're saying three weeks. It's going to be more like three months. It's going to take a while for him to get better. I'm going to go more likely from the, same, from the standpoint that he's on the court. If he's on the court and he can get back on the court, I feel that he is going to be in the discussion. Right? Because then you also have guys like Anthony Davis who are playing at a very high level before he got hurt. But what else is next? Devin Booker is always a good one. Jason Tatum, John Morant, Giannis, Joel Embiid. You have lots of guys. You have lots of guys. Luka, over from 60 points. You know, he's carrying the load right now. So... He'll be one of many. Zion will will absolutely be one of many. But right now, he's averaging 26, 7, and 5 per game this season. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. He's finally fulfilling that potential. It's the health. With him, it's always going to be the health. 6, 6, 284. It's always going to be the health and the body if he can somehow channel it and harness it to where he can be on the court he's a force but he's one of many he, I would say top 10 
top ten if you're gonna if you're gonna rank him. He, he's up there, but he's got to stay on the court. Story of his career. More or less, number two, Logan Cooley will help the Arizona Coyotes become a winning franchise. Uh, you know, I think it's more likely. He's tearing it up at the juniors right now. Um, and they, I mean, they could use a man of his caliber. And I'm not saying he's the next uh, Malkin and he's not the next Crosby but or Connor McDavid like we talked about earlier. But I think he can, I think he can get them to be a playoff team. And I think they can become successful within the next five years. I'm going less likely. <laughs> I'm going like one man, one man does not do this. They built around Sidney Crosby. They built around Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. If you're looking at Arizona, right, as presently constituted, if just let's be real here. The cupboard is not, it, there isn't a lot in here. And what's in the cupboard is a little expired. <laughs> Jacob Chikrin, they've been trying to get rid of Jacob Chikrin for years. In the last two seasons, he's been rumored to come to the Rangers. Shane Gostaspear played his way out of Philly. Patrick Nemeth, Ranger last year. Solid, nothing to write home about. That's just your D. Clayton Keller, he's all right. Nick Ritchie, <laughs> you know. Eh. It's just a bunch of also reds right now. Like Bukestad, you have a couple of young kids, but they need a shot in the arm. He'll be a shot in the arm kind of guy, but. I don't know as good as this kid is and for him to be tearing up the world juniors like he is right I mean had a hat trick against Germany but I mean who doesn't score a hat trick against the German hockey team you know it's it's a shame when they only lose 11 to 1 usually 16 to 1 but He's one guy they need so much more. And as prolific as a guy can be, it doesn't it doesn't always line up that way. That he's the game changer. Alexi Lafreniere was supposed to be the game changer for the Rangers. He's getting healthy scratched. And his camp is balking at how Gerard Gallant is working with him. It doesn't always work out. You know, for every Vinny LeCavalier, there's a Patrick Steffen. And that's the thing that, you know, that, that's the thing about prospects. The great ones will hit, but not always. Whether it's the, you know, whether it's their fault or not their fault. Look at Eric Lindros. Eric Lindros was can't miss. He only ended up having a ho-hum average career. The concussions. It didn't do him any favors. So, who's to say? But it's not exactly <clears throat> it's not exactly awe-inspiring when he's on the Coyotes of all teams. 
more likely or less likely number three Claudio Reyna is going to get banned by U.S. soccer for dropping the dime on Greg Berhalter. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I think it's less likely. I think these are... What they're saying is like... I don't know. I, I think... I don't know. I, I think it's just like... I don't think it's going to happen. I think we were just going to look past this and just move on. I'm going to go less likely... It's going to be a hell of a Lifetime movie. I'm going to tell you that much right now. For those of you not in the know, Gio Reyna was not getting any playing time in Cutter on the U.S. men's team. Got dragged a little bit by Coach Greg Berhalter for his lack of maturity and his you know, immature response to that lack of playing time. And... Got back to Gio's parents, Claudio Reyna, former member of the U.S. men's team. You know, from the, the heyday of the, the mid to late 90s, Alexia Lalas, Greg Berhalter himself. They were teammates. And it's just the drama. It's, it's the drama of it all. Claudio had some dirt on Greg. Danielle Reyna, the wife of Claudio Reyna, supposedly dropped the dime on Greg Berhalter's past domestic violence incident with his wife almost 30 years ago. So she put a little call in to you know, Ernie Stewart. He works for uh, U.S. Soccer. Like, hey, do you know who's running your team? Like, really? You hear about this stuff like this kind of entitlement behavior usually here like my son's not getting playing time i'm gonna yell at the coach usually see that like jv soccer or jv baseball my son's not playing let me email the athletic director it's petty this wouldn't be a story if Gio Reyna was just mature enough from the get-go it reeks of pettiness it reeks of a vendetta for whatever reason ultimately Claudio Reyna has no relationship to the current U.S. men's national team other than his son playing for it this may have blowback on, on Gio Reyna but we'll see about that Claudio I mean there are some rumors from when he was the, the GM of NYCFC about some inappropriate behavior but um, I think his time in the, the spotlight has come and gone. And he'll just quietly be phased out of U.S. men's national lore. But um, it's not a good look for U.S. soccer. And with any luck, this just means that the U.S. has made it as a world power because now we have soccer drama and people are paying attention. Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now 
get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. Here's how it goes. We put up a poll on our Twitter page at FadeRouteDNZ, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And the winner of said vote gets the coveted ass trophy and a shout out on this here episode of the fade route with dnd and do you know d who took home the coveted ass trophy last week i don't mac jones that guy narrowly beat out zach wilson his dirty ass his dirty ass narrowly beat out zach wilson but that was last week this was this week. Who were your nominees for the alleged superstar of the week? D. First up, I've got Kayvon Thibodeau doing the snow angel celebration after injuring Nick Foles on the sack. Not cool. Not cool. Kayvon Thibodeau, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Next up, we've got the Jets' future and heir apparent to the throne, Mike White. Jets bench Zach Wilson for 23 of 46, 240 yards, no touchdowns and interception. The Jets future my ass. Mike White, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last and certainly not least, Ron Rivera. Not knowing you could be eliminated from playoff contention if the Packers beat the Vikings. You got to be better than that, Ron. Someone's got to tell you what's going on over there. Ron Rivera, you're my alleged superstar of the week. Z, what do you got? All fine choices. The Ron Rivera thing, (laughs) it's like you go to Washington and you forget the rules of football. Donovan McNabb, I believe, was also a Washington Redskin when uh, they tied. Like I, you you can tie in football. Yes, you. Can. That's right. Yes, you can. So apparently, like once you sign with Washington, you forget the rules of football. I'm gonna start with Skip Bayless. That guy. This blowhard, light of the Demar Hamlin situation, had the balls, the audacity, the chutzpah to send out this following tweet, and I quote. No doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. But how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. The show must go on for you. Huh, Skip? A man died twice on the field. A man is fighting for his life, and you're worried about being entertained? You're worried about the playoff implications? You're worried about sending the fans home happy? The fans ain't going home happy unless they know he's okay. And for that matter, I'm going to put Bart Scott in here too for blaming T. Higgins for this incident. Accidents happen. 
it was a freak occurrence. And for you to blame T. Higgins and place that on his head for a routine NFL play, that is absolutely disgusting and uncalled for. So Skip Bayless and Bart Scott, you are my alleged superstars of the week. Claudio and Danielle Reyna, the Reyna family, the Reyna of terror. Your son didn't get any playing time because he was immature. So you decide to leak information to the U.S. Soccer Federation to try and get Greg Berhalter fired, even though his contract was up. You're trying to drag this guy because your son didn't get to play. That is the ultimate in friggin' entitlement. Reina family, get your shit together. You are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, Dana White, UFC oh, president, yeah, getting into a slap fight with your wife on New Year's Eve on camera. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot to unpack from this situation. Dana White, you need to get your house in order because that is unacceptable. Dana White, you are my alleged superstar of the week. We've said our piece. The poll's going up as soon as the show ends. Go to our Twitter page at DNZ and vote and vote and vote and vote and for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. It is the option for week 18, the final week of the NFL regular season. And if you haven't joined our CBS Pick'em yet, what are you waiting for? It's the last week of the season. Go to our Lincoln bio, sign up today for our CBS Pick'em. It's called the option. Currently, I have a two-point lead over the lovely Rita Sanchez. D, you are in third. Foxy is one point behind. And Zach is coming on strong. 
We are all going to finish off strong. Let's see what you guys got. We have a Saturday double header. 4.30 p.m. The 13-3 Kansas City Chiefs go into Allegiant Stadium to take on the 6-10 Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, Kansas City. How about them Chiefs? It's not going to be close. Your AFC South Division Championship game. The 7-9 Titans go into Jacksonville to take on the 8-8 Jaguars. Jags. Jags take this one pretty easily. Joshua Dobbs is getting the start again. Mike Brable is possibly on his way up. Sunday, 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 1 o'clock p.m. The 8 and 8 Buccaneers at the 6 and 10 Falcons. Oh, the Buccaneers. It's going to be close. Falcons would love to play a little bit of spoiler. The Bucks are in. They have really nothing to play for at this point. They're still better than the Bucks. They're still better than the Falcons. So I'm going to take the Bucks. The 8-8 Patriots go into Orchard Park to take on the 12-3 Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah, that's a tough one, right? Uh... Yeah, it's a tough one. I'm going to go with the Patriots. I am taking the Patriots as well. In light of what... It's a tough situation. How can you expect these guys to be ready to play mentally? Like, how do you expect them to be there? It's just, it's just a hard situation for them. And, you know, they don't have, they really, they were playing for seeding prior to the Hamlin situation, but the game doesn't matter now. Why? You know? Wait, no, it does. No, it, it does, but in the grander scheme oh, of Oh, in the grand scheme of does. life, yeah, nothing really matters, yeah. Right. So, it, it's an uneven balance. This game means everything for the Patriots right now, and it means nothing for the Bills, because their their teammate is in the hospital. They're, yeah, their mind is somewhere else. Yeah, so I think the Patriots are going to take this pretty handily and punch their ticket to the playoffs. The 12-4 Vikings at the 3-13 Chicago Bears without Justin Fields. Vikings. Paper Tigers get another one. <laughs> the Paper Tigers get another one. It's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. And the Bears will possibly get the number one pick off of this. At least the number two. We'll see how we'll see what happens later on, but the Bears put themselves into excellent no, position. No, the Houston Houston's gonna get another one back. We'll see. Let's get to that game in a second. The ten and six Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. Eesh. Yes. Eesh. Eesh. I actually think the Bengals are gonna win. That's just because the Ravens are so injured right now. I don't see how the Bengals can be mentally in this either. I don't think they're gonna be mentally in it, but I just I the, the Ravens are awful, awful. The Ravens are yeah with Huntley and that 
gut buster. They don't have anybody to, to throw Steelers. the ball to. There's nobody to throw the ball yeah. to. They lost, they lost to the Steelers, for crying out loud. The Steelers, you know, they're it's sneaky. It's very, like, very like, sneaky. Like, 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 listen, the, the, the Bills are playing a team that's fighting to get into the playoffs that's healthy and well well coached, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not what's happening in this other scenario. <laughs> no, but still, they're not. The, the Bengals cannot be mentally in this and <gasps> having to go back to that field where it occurred. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's a good point. Good point. That's traumatic. That's very tra- <laughs> it's your, it's that's home. Very good point. Yeah, it's home. It, it, it's your home, but it's it's the scene of your trauma. So yeah, true. I think that the Ravens are going to take this one. I, I think they're going to knock off the Bengals. But we'll see. The bang, the, the Ravens are very banged up. You're 100% right. And Huntley is not is not playing as well as he did last year to warrant the confidence that they have in him. But I just can't pick against the Ravens in light of what happened on Monday. I can't take the, the Bills and the Bengals... You can excuse it. It's understandable. I just can't see them. I, I just can't see them being mentally in it. The two 13-1 Houston Texans go into Indy to take on the four 11-1 Colts. <laughs> see what I mean? Awful team. See? Texans. Texans. Texan. You're right. <laughs> see what I mean? Uh, with the immortal Sam Ellinger under center because Nick Foles got wrecked by Kayvon Thibodeau. I got to take the Texans too. Like, the Texans are playing. They're playing hard. You know, they don't they don't know they're supposed to be tanking for the number one pick. They're still they're playing good, tough. They're, they're still going to get a good quarterback. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Number one, number two. Doesn't matter. You'll, you'll, you'll even get if, one Because the Bears aren't going to take quarterback. So you're fine. You'll still get your guy. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or whoever. Well, don't be so sure because, you know, they had the they took Daryl Stingley last year. Like, that was kind of like out of nowhere. Like, not a need, but they still took him. So, Casario so kind of like does what he wants down there. So, we'll see. But the Texans, I think, take this one. Like, the 7-9 and nine New York Jets at... The eight and eight Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Jets. This is my two bowls of shit theory. They're both on five game losing streaks. <laughs> Who's Someone's gonna suck? Some, well, not necessarily. How many ties have we had this year? But I mean, who sucks less at this point? <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Jets because they actually have a competent quarterback. No offense to Skylar Thompson. I'm sure you're a fine young man. The six and ten Panthers at the seven and nine New Orleans Saints. Panthers. Mm. This one's tough. This one's tough. In the biggest game of the year last week, the Panthers gagged it up. I'm gonna go with the Saints. They seem to be on to something. They'll finish eight and nine, and Dennis Allen will somehow keep his job. The seven and nine Browns at the eight and eight Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, Steelers! Steelers are riding high right now. I'm with you. Kenny Pickett looks like a solid, competent NFL quarterback. 
They've got weapons. Najee Harris, solid. That defense plays. Deshaun, John, Deshaun Watson's in for a long day. We're in the floor. We're into the four o'clock hour now. The nine six and one Giants at the thirteen and three Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles. Eagles are playing for seeding. Giants are playing for pride. I'm going to go with the Giants. I think the Giants will play them tough. They'll hang on. They'll play scrappy football to the end. And they will take it home. The 12-4 Cowboys at the 7-8-1 Washington Commanders. Boys. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? And what may very well be Ron Rivera's last game. Wouldn't surprise me at all. And wouldn't that be something if Coach Kaki goes there? It'd be interesting. The ten and six Chargers at the four and twelve Broncos. Chargers. This would be the game that the Chargers lose. This would this would be it. Right, if there's any if there's any game that the Chargers would lose, it's this one. They have this. They have playoff seating already locked up. They have their spot. And they just lay an egg against the Broncos. But the Broncos are so terrible that the Chargers will play like shit and still win. I'm going to take the Chargers narrowly. The 5-11 Rams at the 8-8 Seattle Seahawks. Hawks. Go Hawks. How the mighty have fallen for the Rams. My goodness. The 4-12. Fuck Fuck them picks. Well, you got fucked this year. That's karma. The 425 continues with the 4 and 12 Arizona Cardinals at the 12 and 4 San Francisco 49ers. 49ers. Niners easily and this is this is it for Cliff Kingsbury. You heard it here first, guys. He'll be gone after this game. Why wait for Black Monday? They'll can him Sunday. And your Sunday night special, the last regular season game of the year, the 8-8 eight eight Detroit Lions at the 8-8 eight eight Green Bay Packers, the team that just will not go away. Go, Pack, go. Oh. I, I root for chaos. I want to see... I want to see the world burn, and I want to see Detroit in the playoffs. I want to see the the Detroit Lions in the playoffs at the expense of the Green Bay Packers. And I want to see the look on Aaron Rodgers' face when he has to watch Jared Goff celebrate. I want to see that. I want to see Aaron Rodgers' third eye open and the ayahuasca high. I want to see all of that happen. The Lions win this weekend. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.